This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hello, gentle listeners. This is Andrew Farmer, and welcome to Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod. It's a podcast all about scary stories, urban legends, spooky real things that happen to you that you tell us about. And filling in for our very own Anna Dresden today is someone very special. She has appeared on the podcast before. You know her work from The Tonight Show, Story Pirates, and her comedy duo folk music group. Oh my God, Rachel, <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm don't, not going to cut this out. It. I'm not going to cut this out so the view so the <laughs> listeners know. Um, gentle listeners, I have attempted to <laughs> say these words like a normal human being three or four times at this point. It's just not going to happen. But joining us today is the wonderful and very funny Rachel Winitsky. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Rachel. Your duo folk music group. (laughs) What is wrong with me? My duo folk music group, folk friends, (laughs) folk folk friends. (laughs) Um, Oh, boy. This is the thing. With Anna not here, I've lost all sense of structure. She's I I always say that she's the structured one in the duo, in your folk (laughs) friend duo. (laughs) In my folk friend duo. Oh, Rachel, how is your October going? Um... You know, it's not spooky enough, if I'm being honest. Uh, It doesn't feel particularly spooky this year. Uh, It's – I know you're in LA where it's like always uh, 100 degrees. But here in New York, it's like – it's like been really hot. Like today was like 70-something degrees and I got a sunburn waiting in line for a COVID test. God. Hey, happy hey. Halloween. <laughs> um, and it just doesn't feel right. I don't know. I just don't feel spooky at all. How's do you feel oh, spooky? Gosh. Um, here's the thing. I watch a lot of spooky movies. We put out a couple of our fake pumpkins, but we haven't had the wherewithal to put out our Halloween decorations, which is yeah. a big bummer. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully through today's episode, we can provide a little spookiness into uh, our listeners' lives as well as ours. I really hope so. That's um, all I'm trying to do constantly is make people feel just a little bit spooky. <laughs> <laughs> and last time we had you on, Rachel, I'm so glad you're back because last time we had to ab- like abruptly end the episode. That's right. And we never got to talk about any of the many spooky things that the two of us do love to talk about. Yes, we have a huge spooky thing in common, which is a love of haunted houses and and especially um watching walkthroughs of haunted houses <laughs> on the internet and i can't believe we didn't get to talk about that. i know it is a bleak it is a bleak reality of our friendship but it brings us a lot of joy to watch <laughs> not just like ride throughs of the haunted mansion but like real backwater you know, haunted mines, Aunt Becky's haunted hayride. <laughs> like we just watch them all. I love to watch a shaky video uh, of <laughs> of somebody like walking through a backyard haunted house in Minnesota somewhere. What was that one? There are a lot of really peculiar ones in Europe. There's one called like Spookfart. <laughs> uh, yeah, Spookslot. 
Spookslot. Yes. I went to Spookslot. You did it. I went to okay. The backstory here is that uh, who I can't remember who first found the video walkthrough of Spookslot, but one I of us, I think it was you, and you were like, "Oh my god, look at this video this of this is the best this haunted house, house. Spookslot." It's in the <laughs> Netherlands, and it just has the most like beautiful design, the music, the lighting. It's like spectacular, uh, Spookslot. And I was like, holy shit, like I'm going to Amsterdam really soon. Like I'm going to go to Spookslot. <laughs> and oh. then I went, uh, I went, it's at this amazing theme park called Efteling, which is oh, right. definitely worth a visit. It's so weird because I, in the US, like our big theme parks are in like warm climates, places that are warm right. all year round, whereas Efteling is like in the Netherlands and it was February and it was just like so cold and waiting in line for rides like <laughs> was almost unbearable. But so <laughs> we go and there's like a five minute wait for Spook Slot. We're like, oh my God, Spook Slot. Like there's not even a line. I can't believe I'm about to be um, going through Spook Slot. So <laughs> then we go, we walk in and there's like a holding area where they line everybody up and there's like a little like light and animatronic show and we're like watching, watching, watching. And I'm like, okay, this is like the pre-ride. I can't wait to like get into the actual ride, go through spook slot, spook, get my get my spook slot slotted, get my slot spooked. <laughs> and we are waiting, waiting, waiting. And halfway through, I'm like, oh my God, this is the ride. It's a show and not a ride. <sighs> and you just stand and you watch <sighs> spook slot. And I've never been more disappointed in my entire life. I am so like, sorry for leading you astray. It's not your fault. From the, you couldn't from have the known. Video, from the video, it appeared to be – I think it was because it, it was like from – it was zoomed in an incredible yes. amount. Yes. And so it felt as though they were traveling through from this room amazing to room. churchyard. Yeah, but no. Apparently, you're just standing and watching kind of skeletons dance and yep. bodies hang. I actually can't imagine so how boring that story was to listen to, but I – it is <laughs> one of – it's one of the most like disappointed in a childlike way that I've ever been in my adult life. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very fair. I was and so that, I don't I, I was so upset. I I've had I've had many of that before. One this makes me think of when I was a little kid, um we had we had these wonderful family friends the Dietzes and their older daughters had this great idea because they knew I loved Disney characters. They were like, "Oh, Let's dress up in like Disney princess costumes and we'll go and visit Andrew and like surprise him. But they called and they were like, Andrew, there are Disney characters on their way to come visit you. And I was like, oh, it's all happening. Like I fully was expecting like actual Mary Poppins, actual anthropomorphic Donald and Daisy Duck. Like I fully in my head was like, they're all coming. They're parading mm-hmm. down Pleasant Street. They're oh, coming no. to my house. And then you were like, and that's then, Trisha. And then, yeah, then it, it was it was Carrie and Amanda Dietz, Ugh. who if it was just Carrie and Amanda Dietz coming over and saying hi, I would have been thrilled. But I felt so terrible because I immediately burst into tears. I oh, ran no. upstairs. And the worst part is they assumed that I didn't recognize them. <gasps> like they thought – I was scared because I was like, oh, my God, I don't know who these people are. They're in dresses. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was literally so, the opposite. So they were coming after me being like, no, 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 it's Amanda and Carrie. And I was like, I know. I was, I was, um, <laughs> That's the whole problem. <laughs> Where the fuck so is Daisy that. Duck? <laughs> oh, that's devastating. I have a real like uh, allergy to anything that feels like it's like tricking children. Um, yes, maybe I because I have like trauma. I, I don't think I, anyone like on purpose tricked me ever, but like I do remember that feeling of being like, oh, like I I thought one reality was true and it was actually not true. And the reason I thought that is because I'm a child and I didn't like the feeling. <laughs> and I've dedicated my whole life since to uh, never tricking children. Yeah, I think the thing about tricking children and this, okay. It's Halloween season. We're deep in the thick of October. Jimmy Kimmel, you know, his influence has led to this trick of of parents against children where you say you've eaten all their Halloween candy. And I, first of all, I don't like it for a couple reasons. I think it's bad to trick your kids. Um, And then I think 
it really it's laid bare just how bratty American children can be. I know, I know. Where it's like, oh god, I I don't I I'm allergic to um parents pranking children, but I'm also allergic to um ch- fresh mouthed children. You know. Yes, yes. I, I don't hate a fresh mouthed. Ch- <laughs> this is this this introduction to this episode is one of the most wild. <laughs> We've gone in so many directions. We no, really have. I do. I know what you mean. Like uh, there, the entitlement that it un- uncovers. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, I would be bummed out too. I think probably what I'm what I'm reflecting is when I see that I'm like, oh god, I hope I wasn't like that as a kid. You totally. Know? Totally. Did you were you allowed to like eat all your Halloween candy? Um, so here was the deal. I think we got, we got like 24 hours mm-hmm. f- from like, I mean, I, I would say between the ages of like three and 10, there'd be like 24 hours where it was like anything goes, mm-hmm. um, well to, you know, within reason. And then at that point it was like, we kept like a quarter of it and the rest, uh, my mom would say she was donating somewhere. I don't know how that she could possibly it. be true. She was. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like that was this, like, I don't know, nothing. I didn't really grow up in a house where things were particularly restricted. I feel like it was more like, yeah, eat as much as you want. And then you'd be like, I feel sick. It's like, yeah, because yeah. you ate as much as you wanted. And I think that was probably how it was with Halloween candy, where I would just like eat a little bit too much of it, feel bad, and then forget about the candy. And then a few days later, be like, wait, where's the rest of my candy? And my parents would be like, oh, interesting. I don't know. I haven't seen it. And it was like probably at their offices, like being given away to everybody. <laughs> it was in the well, break another, another thing my mom would do, she, I mean, she would do this with fruit mostly, but <laughs> then after Halloween, there'd be a thing where she would make, she had this thing called the fruit pizza, which sounds healthy and it is just entirely not, which is the the crust of the pizza is like a sugar cookie, oh my a God. giant sugar cookie. Okay, and then there'd be like kind of a, um, I think like a sweet cream cheese slash sour cream, like frosting, and then typically she'd do like a design of fruit on it. But oh I think God. after Halloween, sometimes it would be Granny Smith apples chopped up with like chopped up candy. Oh my! And it God. would be very delicious. It sounds great. Um, yeah, but that was that was one of the inventive ways, and then. There also was a thing called a Milky Way cake, which I didn't – as a kid, I didn't like because it was just too rich. I was like, <laughs> I can't – I can't do this. For a child to be like, this is just too rich. <laughs> these, these Milky Ways. This far too indulgent. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't possibly. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bummer. I, I mean, we don't even know what trick-or-treating will look like this year. I, I, you know, not that it really impacts you or myself. Right. So, Rachel, you're joining us on a Monday. Correct. Yes. Uh, Although we're not recording it on a Monday, but I realize that's confusing. Today is not Monday, but when you said that, I genuinely had to think about it. (laughs) I was like, it could be. It couldn't be less of a Monday for us, but for you listening, it most certainly is a Monday. (laughs) Unless you're not Um, listening on Monday, in which case, it's not Monday. Unless you are Doc Brown, baby, and you are Back to the Future. (laughs) And I'm very excited, Rachel, because due to our shared love of haunted houses, it seemed only right that I give you a story to do with a haunting. Mm. Um, And Rachel, would you mind telling us what that story is? Yes. So the story is, what do you come for? (laughs) From the original Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book. Yes. Uh, For whom do you come for? (laughs) <laughs> um, should I get into it? Yeah, let's just dive right in. Okay, okay. I'll, let me do. <clears throat> can you hear my chair squeaking? I I can, but it's it's great foley. That's actually the spookiest thing that's happened to me this October is that my office chair suddenly became really squeaky. Wow, it's I like the idea like- of furniture being like mm, I got. I want to get in the mood, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> it's. Do you hear that? I do. That is a. That is a like 1931 Dracula coffin opening. Yeah, I'm selling it. I'm actually selling that sound to some uh, <laughs> sound designers for from A24. <laughs> uh, uh, to, uh, I've gotten a lot of offers, <laughs> so just kind of weighing my options right now. Um, okay, let me read the story. <clears throat> let me. Sorry, let me just get it started. 
There was an old woman who lived all by herself, and she was very lonely. Sitting in the kitchen one night, she said, Oh, I wish I had some company. No sooner had she spoken than down the chimney tumbled two feet from which the flesh had rotted. The old woman's eyes bulged with terror. Then two legs dropped to the hearth and attached themselves to the feet. Then a body tumbled down then two arms, and a man's head. As the old woman watched, the parts came together into a great gangling man. The man danced around and around the room. Faster and faster he went. Then he stopped, and he looked into her eyes. What do you come for? she asked in a small voice that shivered and shook. What do I come for? he said. I come. For you. And then this says, as you shout the last words, stamp your foot and jump at someone nearby. Oh, it's a classic jump scare. Yeah. Which I didn't wow. do. Because no, and I'm, gl- because I'm glad you the, didn't. Uh, the audio, our own medium that we're in. <laughs> no, it would be disrespectful for us to do jump scares in this podcast. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Um, okay. A lot of thoughts about this one. Truly, as soon as you said the title out loud, I'm just realizing the like the like 13-year-old laugh of this is mm-hmm. that the title sounds dirty. Let's yeah. just say it. What do you come for? <laughs> <laughs> I've had this game with my friend Evan Watkins where we talk about what would be the most confusing and unsettling sentence to utter the moment after sex. <laughs> and uh, this might be up there. Oh, absolutely. Especially if you were just two feet, two (laughs) disembodied feet. What do you come for? It does. And then then it's sort of like, then the end is kind of romantic. It's I come for you. I don't do it for myself. It's all for you. (laughs) I come for (laughs) you. It it also sounds like it could be a line from uh, Glenn Close's Oscar-nominated film, The um, The Wife. Uh, you know? I thought you were going to say like Albert Nobbs. I mean, it could be Albert Nobbs, too. <laughs> but I'm imagining like a, a middle-aged couple arguing in a fancy hotel room yes. and the wife saying, I come for you. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this illustration real fast before we go on. Yeah. Do it's you a, see it? Yeah. It's the, it's feet dangling out of a big brick fireplace. It is it is perhaps the most chilling illustration, second to the haunted house one. Um it, I find this one so terrifying. It's really scary. It it it's it feels like because the feet because we're not seeing the feet falling out of the fireplace it feels like there's a body hanging inside of the fireplace which is like terrifying yes oh my god imagine like walking into your living room like i have a fireplace if i walked into the living room tomorrow morning and there were just feet dangling out of it i have to be honest like i would scream like tbh (laughs) like i'd be so i'd be like what You'd put back on your bowler hat, pick up your briefcase, and walk right back out the door. I'd be like, I come for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this image is very scary. You're totally right that it's catching it. It's like it's as though um, a person playing Santa Claus has gotten stuck mm-hmm. and then their boots have been removed. It's very it's very unsettling and very scary. Yeah, I hate um, it. And also the description of uh, two feet from which the flesh had rotted. That scared me a lot. And I remember wondering if this person was naked. And that scared me too, frankly. I got the feeling that he was. And also, how did yeah. he get down there? Did somebody toss the parts? Like, do you think somebody was up on the roof tossing the cadaver parts down into the chimney and then they all came together? Or were the cadaver parts kind of hurling themselves down the chimney on their own. Yeah, it's I mean, we'll never know. That's a good question. 
that it, it honestly it like it feels like it could be it could be um just otherworldly and supernatural they they randomly appeared and fell down the chimney it could mm-hmm. also be a postmates a postmates oh, situation yeah you're right they were they were caviared over there yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got to be caviar if you're expecting someone to get on your roof and <laughs> drop elements of your meal down your chimney mm-hmm. that's going to be that's caviar. Ca- that's caviar that's the new <laughs> cav- that's the new ad for caviar um, That's the new ad. Here's the thing, too. When he gets there into the room, he the first thing he does is he dances around and around. That is in 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 addition to the many other bizarre elements of the story, that might be the strangest. Yeah, like, and that's see, and that's why I'm wondering, like, did somebody did somebody drop these these body parts down the chimney, reanimate them? This body hadn't been all together in a long time. And he was at first, he was like, oh my God, it's so nice to be back in my body. I'm going to dance, do a dance. Right, right. That's nice. And then he stopped and was like, oh my God, there's like some bitch here. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, right. I'm supposed to kill. I'm supposed to kill her. <laughs> it, it also could be like, this is, this is the ghost of a stripper that was hired for her bachelorette party years and years and mm. years ago oh my god yeah and it was like a santa claus it was like a santa claus striptease yeah he got stuck in the chimney he died he never got to do his she, dance he never got to do his dance she lived her whole life her husband passed away now she's lonely mm-hmm. but he his unfinished business is he still has to dance for this woman that's where the i come for you part came from wait so did you say that he got stuck in the chimney he was yeah that made supposed to come down the chimney and do a dance yeah, he, he, got, he got stuck, stuck and her, all of her friends yeah. were like, that's so weird. Like the stripper never showed up. Let's just not tell her. Right, right. And, like, the stripper flaked, right. Right. And like all these years he's been rotting in the chimney until finally all of his – he he's been dislodged on this evening. Right. Somehow. Yeah. He comes – he reanimates, does a strip tease. So you're, you think he kind of did like a sexy dance. Well, I don't. That's I don't think that's how this was intended. But, but it makes I do sense. think. But it does make sense. It makes an uncomfortable amount of sense. I have to admit. It does. It actually does make a lot of sense. <laughs> because he's in the fireplace. His Santa Claus costume by this point has been has singed off. Sa- yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it explains he's just coming down straight up naked. Um, yep. and the dancing. Yeah, this really makes a lot of sense to me. I'm always dying to know with all these jump scare stories, like what the moment afterward is like. <laughs> if you of her were being like, oh, oh, okay, where where do we go? <laughs> right. Like, um, Does he kill her? Like, is that is it? I come f- for you, and then he kills her. Or yeah, is it like I come for you? And she's like, oh, like are you hungry? <laughs> she's like, I just had dinner. I, I- had a stew. Yeah, I've got Ew. some beef bourguignon in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, you're. I it. These stories are always they're so short. Um, yes, and they never give me quite as much as I'm craving. And that I think it's interesting. Like we've talked at length about the fact that um, the way in which these stories are recorded by Alvin Schwartz are, are geared towards their accessibility to children being able to remember them and tell them. Right. Which I think is really great. And I remember I I did an – when I was a camp counselor, I did an adaptation of this, which frankly was too scary. I think I added too much backstory. Mm, Interesting. Um, And I learned – I mean the children were scared, but I don't think they were delighted, you know, which I think in this one, you you end up having a lot of questions, but I Mm -hmm. think the – Probably you're expecting all those things to be dissipated by the shock of someone stomping and shouting at you in the end. And then a laugh happens and that's the natural transition onto the next thing you're going to do. Right. Right. I do. I mean, that's so true though, that a jump, a jump scare like this is going to just be, it's going to be a laugh. It's going to be a laugh. You're going to get a laugh. You're going to get a laugh. Horror is comedy. (laughs) Horror is comedy. Comedy horror. And Uh, (laughs) and comedy is horror. Horror. (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean that is and this has been this has been analyzed at length by by people much smarter than me, but um the amount of times that you go to a movie theater and watch a horror movie, there are 
as many laughs as there are screams. And mm-hmm. usually the laughter follows the scream, which is like a, a very interesting part of our like human development. Yes. You know? Well, do you laugh through haunted houses? I do for a couple reasons. One is I laugh because I think haunted houses are very funny. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are so funny. <laughs> that funny is the most is the most disgusting sounding word. I- <laughs> Because it sounds like something that somebody like somebody like yes, girl, like funty, but you said it so per- so perfectly by mistake. Uh. I know. I think I think it's funny. I think it's funny when people jump out to shock you. I think it's funny people waiting in masks to come out and scare you in a in a in a setting in a, like a Halloween setting. Yes. Um, but the other more pragmatic reason is I was told by friends who used to work as uh, characters at. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, Universal Halloween Horror Nights that if someone is smiling and laughing, they are less likely to jump and scream. And so oh. characters tend not to target those people. Yes, that makes sense because I am like giddy all the way through a haunted house because it's so funny to me. And also my real life response to fear is laughter. Like when I've been scared for my actual life, I've yes. laughed at it, which has been so weird to learn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do, I do see them jumping out more at people that are like cowering and terrified oh, yeah. because of course, like that's going to be the fun scare. Right. And that's, and it's like, that's, that's the easy mark. I think maybe certainly there are characters. I'm using the term character with such ease. I'm really no, I well could be because we're experts because we've watched all the walkthroughs. I know, I know. I love I love watching walkthroughs of walkthroughs. You know? What oh I mean? my god, like, absolutely. Um, yeah, walkthrough haunted house is always fun. There is more safety in a ride haunted house than in a walkthrough haunted house. I feel safety like uh, protection. Like nothing's. Yeah, nothing. If you're if you're like in a cart and you're going around like a haunted house dark ride, there might be loud noises or sights that scare you, but it's not going to be as visceral as someone like jumping out in your space. Right. You know? Yes. I remember somebody explained to me that like obviously there are haunted houses where you like sign a waiver and they like put a bag over your head and take you into a room and like torture you and that's people oh, like I, that. I don't want, I and nothing, I no. never ever want to do that. I would Oh my God, I really do not want to do that. But no. I remember somebody was like, this characters like aren't allowed, like there's a there's a an amount of distance that they like can't come within. And so I realized that like when they jump out at you, if you move towards them, they have to back up. <laughs> Which is then oh. very funny to me. <laughs> yes. Because they like get funny. all in your face, but as soon as you walk towards them, like legally (laughs) they have to back up (laughs) but you're right like it feels so unsafe and like i mean that's the fun i guess is like having somebody just like invade your personal space like at a theme park is the dream yeah yeah that it's so funny that we pay so much money for that to happen have i ever told you have i ever told you about the the haunted house eastern state penitentiary yes and i've always wanted to do it but i feel like it's going to be too scary for me I think well, so I've I've definitely talked about it on the podcast before. We did a whole episode about the the haunted nature of the penitentiary itself. Um, but I think to me, what was what was great about it was there's all this buildup where like you sign a waiver where you're like, if I die of fright, and there's like skeletons on the waiver, so you're like, okay, um, I don't know how this would hold up in court. Um, but wh- whereas the haunted houses themselves, like the experiences you go through, are very scary. In between, you're like kind of waiting in line for each new um, portion of the haunted house. Mm-hmm. And there are characters there who are kind of like stand-up comics. Oh, my of. God. They're or doing like, like jokes? Like, yeah, they're doing like tight fives. Wow. Um, but it's mostly like insult comedy. But oh my, my favorite one was there was a guy who was like – he was on stilts. He was super scary. Half of his face was a skeleton. He was really laying into the party ahead of us. Like really good, really good jokes. And I was like, oh, God, what's he going to say about me? And so he comes up to me and he bends down and looks at my face and goes, anyone ever tell you you look like Jim Henson? (laughs) (laughs) Which was 
the funny Why? thing. The funny thing was, I mean, I'm certainly, I'm a big Jim Henson fan. I'm certainly not offended by that. But the funny thing was then my response to laughing was like, oh no. And I, in <laughs> earnest, felt like I was having a conversation with a, a stilted skeleton man. With the scary half skeleton. Oh, that's so funny. He panicked. He's probably telling the same yeah. story. He's like, yeah, I was just like having an amazing <laughs> night. I was like one zinger after another. And then I get to this guy and I get all up in his face. And literally all I could think to say was, D- "Do you know- did you know that you look like Jim Henson? And he's yeah, probably it- like, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is I'm, – I'm so fascinated by people who do that sort of work. Um there was – there's another haunted house. I don't know that – I mean I, they're certainly not doing it now. But um, the Warner Brothers lot had this haunted house experience that I think I was telling you about. Yeah. Um, where they like – there are all these house sets from famous horror movies and they turn the inside of the house sets into haunted houses. And Chris and I went with a friend for like a trial run where it was like the people working on it were inviting people at the very beginning of the process to kind of troubleshoot it. So there were – very few people there like maybe maybe 150 people in this whole like town square set and there were like actors dressed like freddy krueger going around who were kind of doing the same thing like insult comedy but because there were so few people there they would kind of stick around for too long (laughs) like You'd be like having a drink at a picnic table and they'd be like, ah, like pleasant screams. And you'd be like, oh, it's Freddy Krueger. And then they'd be like, yeah, uh, what's your worst nightmare? And you're like, I'm not. Like, Uh, like, who do you know? Who invited you? (laughs) Like, it, it felt super close to them being like, like, what field of the entertainment industry do you work in? Like, um, it's writing some acting, but primarily like I, I enter into writing through, you know, (laughs) I'm so fascinated by people who do that. I, I, I never know if it's like actors. I feel like some people just are characters, right? Like, oh yeah. It's like, yeah. Right. And it's like, and it's like seasonal. I also like knew someone who did like haunted houses in the fall and then did like elf stuff during Christmas, like, you know, like she was a performer, but did like seasonal jobs that were That's related to like the holiday. Yeah. And then in February, Whoa. she was a heart for Valentine's. <laughs> Can you imagine if we had like Valentine's Day? Never mind. No, I, well, I, I can kind of imagine. I think it'd be really funny if like somebody dressed up like a big heart at a mall and then you took your kids to go. <laughs> and i'll say it i think that would be really beautiful i have a vague memory of at toys r us around halloween there was a man dressed as dracula who you could take pictures with which is very that's cool (laughs) i like that pretty cool that's pretty cool um yeah yeah i like i think i would enjoy being a character but i think it would be hard on my vocal cords (laughs) Right. You'd have to pick – maybe you'd pick like um, one of the quiet characters. Yes. Yeah. Who's like oh. – I like the characters yeah. that have lines. Like, you know, like when you'll go into a room and they're like, I baked the pie for daddy. <laughs> and you know that they're just saying that all night long. And they're like, who <laughs> who took my pie dough? <laughs> very very baking heavily themed haunted house you know when you like go through a haunted house and there's a character that's like my rolling pin (laughs) i'm making a scone (laughs) (laughs) is that your ideal character uh type um haunted bakestress Yes. I think I'm remembering – I think this is because at Not Scary Farm, there was like a woman walking around stirring a bowl and oh, yeah. wearing – with like a bonnet. Um, But she didn't have her own like themed haunted house and maybe that's where Not Scary Farm sort of misstepped. Something that I feel like would be a very good haunted house theme is like a haunted library, you know? Yes. Yes. And the, and I could see the two of us really nailing like haunt, like ghostly librarian type characters. Yes. Yes. Quiet, please. Yes. I can. Boo, I... decimal system. <laughs> <laughs> if 
The only thing I want to hear is your heart beating so I can eat it. Wait, (laughs) how do we get jobs writing haunted houses? Listen, is anyone out there a haunted house producer? Yeah. I have some ideas. I do feel like you and I. Yeah, we could really collaborate on a great haunted house. Yeah, so okay. So haunted library. What other what other un um unmined territory is there for haunted houses? Oh, I feel like there must be so many. That's what I not scary farm I love because all their haunted houses are like original and they always oh, yeah. have the craziest theming. But like right. like their their one that was like dark ride themed. Did yes, you go that on one's that? Really like, good. Oh, that one's yeah. so cool. I love that the premise is like you're in a ride that like got abandoned. Yeah. And then oh, there's man. one that's like feud like feudal Japan themed. That yes. one was, I was like, who's coming up with these things? I went on I went through that one like really close to the closing of the park and and everyone we oh. were with had left ex- and I was just with David and we like walked through the whole thing and we were like the only ones in it and it was a very special experience. <laughs> um I feel oh, like romantic. It was really romantic. Um what is like un what would be fun? Maybe like an abandoned uh pool house. <laughs> oh <laughs> I think abandoned That's the most LA haunted house. <laughs> I think abandoned pools are like really scary. Um yeah. like Oh, the- that's good. And you enter through the pool. Yes. That's very mm-hmm. Um I liked your haunted bakery idea. Haunted bakery. Yeah. yeah. Like a haunted greenhouse. Oh, I love that. You know, could that could be really interesting. Yeah. That's yes. really good. Yeah, and maybe the creatures I'm are like we have a few I know. I'm sure there is one somewhere. Look, I'm not, I haven't been to every like haunted house. Time. Yeah, they have branches <laughs> that are like coming out of them and grabbing, you know, grabbing you. That's really good. That's really um good. Yeah, I would really th- I think that would be my dream job is sort of coming up with ideas for uh haunted houses. And writing dialogue. Like like Ikea could like maybe once a year do a, do like an Ikea haunted house. I feel like that's that's an incredible idea. Yeah. They just, just for part of it, but it's like, like people who never found their way out. Couples who are arguing forever. (laughs) Eternity. Yeah. They have the (laughs) space. They could easily do it. Yeah. And in fact, the fact that they aren't doing it is frankly disrespectful. It's disrespectful. And what about fucking Costco? Oh, God, Costco is practically a haunted house already. That place is certainly a haunted house. Get- People popping out asking if you want samples. <laughs> oh, that would be your character. <laughs> that could be my Would character. you like yeah. a sample? Who Do you have any food allergies? <laughs> Do you like crab cakes? <laughs> the recurring the recurring ghostly sentence, who took my dough? <laughs> Who stole my baking dough? (laughs) How will I make my cookies? (laughs) I'm sad because I feel as though maybe this year at Halloween Horror Nights, there there was destined to be like a scary story to tell in the dark haunted house, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not happening at all, right? Closed. No, no, not at all. Closed for business. Um, Yeah, everything is. All the haunted houses. There's a pair. There's a. We looked up, and there are some haunted houses like somewhere upstate. Um, right, right. Some walkthrough stuff. The Sleepy Hollow one is closed, obviously. Um, oh, have no, I told no. you about the the final scare in the Sleepy Hollow haunted house? That's so good. No, please do tell me. That. I feel like this is a spoiler, but also like it's closed. You know, so who cares? Yeah, and you'll forget by next. Everyone will forget. So basically, like, this haunted house is very long. I think it takes, like, 30 minutes or so to get through. And we just, like, thought – we kept thinking it was over because you keep coming out of buildings and you're outside and you're like, oh, that was fun. And then it keep you walk into another building and it keeps going. And so we had a couple times where we were like, it's over, and then it was not over. And at the very end, we, like, walk out of this building – that had all this spooky stuff in it into basically like the parking lot. It was like completely over. 
And just like a very normal looking woman who is like the last, she's like the person just making sure that everybody leaves the haunted house, uh, dressed in regular clothes, just turns around and goes, thanks for coming. (laughs) And we just like screamed. (laughs) And she does it all night long. Like we watched her scare other people after us. And it's like her little stick, like at the end of the haunted house, after you've seen all these ghosts and ghouls, this regular ass woman is like, thanks for coming. And you just like lose your mind because it's a perfectly timed scare. And it's one of the most, it's like, I laugh, I laugh screamed so much, so hard. (laughs) Thanks for coming. Oh, that. I love that. And she, she like, knows exactly what she's the, doing. That's so good. Yep. It was so funny. It's like truly like yeah, it ends with like the headless horseman getting defeated and you're in hell. And like then you just walk outside and a modern day woman goes, thanks. And that's the biggest scare. <laughs> it was very funny. I love I, – I like to imagine she feels a lot of pride about that like role in the haunted house. Yeah. Kind of norm core haunted house. I like yes. that idea too. <laughs> Very subtle. American Apparel <laughs> haunted house. <laughs> yeah, she was definitely norm normcore scare. It was fun. Yeah, I liked being scared um, by that woman. I I think there's nothing more satisfying than a than a uh, a scare of something that's not scary that you can then laugh about. I've I'm sure I've told this story too, but uh, when I did uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. <laughs> There's this part of the haunted house where it's in complete darkness and they give you a flickery flashlight that like purposefully oh. is like going on and, off. and yes. you go through this giant corridor with all of these uh, mannequins with black sacks over their heads. And oh of God. course you're like, oh, okay. So some of these mannequins of these are the real. Right. We go through the whole thing. The twist was all of them are fake, which is a really <gasps> good twist. Wow. Um, but then we, but but Jenny, who was my friend that I was going through with, uh, hadn't screamed the whole time. And then we turned a corner, and I shined the flashlight on clearly what was just like a staff staircase, like not <laughs> dressed up at all. And she let loose a blood curdling. <laughs> thanks for coming. Like, yeah, that was just, that was my that was my thanks for coming. Oh my um, god! And it made me laugh so much. Um, back to the story real fast, Rachel. If yes. we were to cast, if we were to cast this story, who are we thinking for the lonely old woman? Ah, uh, oh, man. I mean, is it Frances McDormand? Is oh, it? That's good. Is it June Squibb? We love. We here on the pod love June Squibb <laughs> and Frances McDormand. We love June Squibb. I mean, June Squibb, star of Hubie Halloween. Um, that's the spookiest thing that's happened to me, actually, is that I loved Hubie Halloween so much. And you and you were going to watch it a second night. I wanted in a row. to watch it again because I loved the feeling. I don't know that I loved Hubie Halloween, but I loved the feeling of watching Hubie Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> I felt really I safe. <laughs> That's a very good compliment. If if yeah. anyone said that about something I'd made, I think I'd feel happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, yeah. It, this is definitely a June Squibb, Francis McDormand uh, role. Someone I'm thinking of for the for the body parts that come down the chimney, Grace Jones. Whoa. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like the dance could be a whole musical number. And I, I was thinking of, have you ever seen the Pee Wee's Playhouse Christmas special? I have not. It's very good. It's on YouTube. Let me watch the whole thing right now. Yeah, right now. Let's pause. Um, (laughs) But there's a part, I think it's like maybe a minute and 10 seconds long, but Pee Wee gets a delivery of a giant box and inside of it is Grace Jones. And she says, well, this isn't the White House, which is a hilarious and bizarre line. And he's like, no, but. He was like, but do you have a song you want to sing? And she sings a minute of uh, um, The Little Drummer Boy. Wow. (laughs) She does this dance during it, which is amazing. And that's what I imagine when the body parts come down the chimney. Yeah, that feels feels like the right tone. It's like kind of fun. Yeah, a fun dance. 
Yeah, like I was picturing like Andre the Shield or like I, I was oh. picturing Hades Town, like um, like party, we're party dancing, and then like a, an immediate switch to I come for you. <laughs> Andre the Shield is so good. He's amazing. Like he would really do an amazing dance and it would get yes. faster and faster and faster. And then what do I, who do I, who do you come for? I come for you. And then. Maybe there'd it's be an perfect, encore. Oh yeah, an encore, and the encore would be, um, I don't know, some maybe some maybe some Stephen Schwartz, maybe some Sondheim, probably probably Stephen Schwartz. It would be Stephen, it, Schwartz, it would be Stephen Schwartz. It would be yeah. Corner of the Sky. Oh, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him sing that. <laughs> um, Rachel, I, I I just never want this to end because you're really fun to talk. I just want to uh, talk about but, haunted houses all night. And we and we very well could. I I feel like next year, hopefully, when things are back to some modicum of normality, uh, we get to just indulge all of our haunted house uh, proclivities and just do them all. Just like go to everyone within driving distance. Oh, that would be such a dream. You know how like you know how people will go on like uh, baseball tours or something where yeah. they like travel around and like see different stadiums and stuff. Like I want to do that, but for haunted houses. And I feel like haunted houses is more normal. So it take is that, more you know? normal. So there, <laughs> sports <Damn>. fans. <laughs> and then immediately we just lose half our listenership. That would be the. Can you imagine the shock that Anna and I would experience if we found out that we had so many sports fans who were <laughs> like we're really drawing the jock crowd? <laughs> it's like seventy percent jocks. <laughs> and they're so offended by us making light of going to see various baseball stadiums. <laughs> There's Isn't probably a it's bunch a of spooky, spooky bakers that I offended as well. <laughs> Where's my uh, dough? Who took my <laughs> dough? Who took my dough? Um, before we go, Rachel, uh, we here on the pod do a little thing called scary ideas for things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, do you have one you want to share? Yes, I do. I just thought of it. Okay. okay. I feel like this is kind of a scary thing that could happen. Um, you're taking a shower and the water is like pooling at your feet because uh, the drain is clogged. And you're like, oh, that's so annoying. Like, I don't want the drain to be clogged. You look in the drain and you see that like you have some hair clogging the drain. So you're like, okay. So you start pulling your hair out of the drain, but it just like keeps coming. There's like more and more hair and you're like pulling and pulling the hair and the drain's like not unclogging. There's just more and more hair and you're pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling and then you're pulling a head out of the drain and a neck and uh, shoulders and you, you, you zoop a whole body out of that drain and then... And then you say, who do you, who do you come for? <laughs> and, and it says, uh, I come for you. Uh, and then that's about as far as I got. <laughs> that could happen, Rachel. That wow. could happen. That, that could happen. Very, it could happen. Don't tell me it couldn't. It could uh, literally happen. I always have so much hair in my dream. My dream. Right. <laughs> My dream. I always have so much hair in my dream, and that could happen. <laughs> that is so funny. That's so funny. Um, what do you oh, think could happen? Really okay, okay. Uh, here's one. It's fall, so you're trying to get into crockpot culture. <laughs> <laughs> and so you buy a slow cooker, and... You look up a recipe for the most delicious slow-cooked chicken, and it says that you slow-cook the chicken for two and a half days, which you're just like, that feels like a forever amount of time to slow-cook chicken, but there are all these great reviews, so you do it. So you slow-cook the chicken, and over the two and a half days, the smell just smells so good, so good, so good. It's getting better and better and better. And then it takes kind of a turn, where it's not that it smells bad but it smells kind of flowery like 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 an old woman's perfume and there's also kind of the scent of like 
hard candy and licorice mm. and metamuthal. Mm. And you're thinking, this is such a strange flavor, flavor profile. <laughs> flavor profile. <laughs> wow, what is, is there a gas leak in my house? Anyway, what a strange flavor profile this chicken's going to have. And you open it, and it is the two chicken breasts that you put in there the other day. But they both have gray hair <gasps> and reading glasses and are holding TV guides because your chicken has gotten too old. No. And that could happen. That could could happen. happen. That could happen, and it would be so funny if it did. (laughs) It would be. that. I mean, that is the exact describer of what of what that situation. Yeah, it's funny. If I saw um, that, if I if I went to cook in my slow cooker and I saw that, I would scream and I would laugh. I yeah, what other choice do you have? <laughs> because comedy um, is horror and horror is comedy. And thank you so much for coming to our thesis paper. Uh Rachel <laughs> and I are both seniors majoring in folklore at <laughs> Big Old Butt University. <laughs> At big dumbass college. Wow. <laughs> Rachel, we have, thank are you we so much. Cold, for- sorry, are in that scenario, oh. are we sharing one um yes. bachelor? <laughs> we got in we got in as a team. <laughs> okay. I'm uh, sorry, just clarifying. Now you can thank me, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, thank you so much for coming in. You were an absolute delight as always. Thank you so much. I just want to say really quick. Who took my dough? <laughs> I'm so glad. I hope this becomes your new catchphrase at the end of every comedy set you do. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly crowds of people, Madison Square Garden, everyone's shouting, Who took my dough? <laughs> One can um, only hope. But if you'd be so kind, Rachel, to wish our gentle listeners uh, two final words that we end every podcast with. Get out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team, And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.